This is Finding Joy, the Healthcare Professional's Journey to Wellness and Resiliency. It's a podcast resource developed by a team of interprofessional education researchers from Washington State University Health Sciences Spokane. They're promoting wellness among students, faculty, and healthcare professionals during challenging times. Funding is provided by the Health Resources and Services Administration. I'm Doug Nadvornik. For healthcare workers, burnout has become more common during the COVID pandemic. People work hard and get tired, but they don't get the chance to fully recuperate. My guest, Andrea Durst, is a medical social worker at Spokane's Sacred Heart Medical Center. She and her colleagues work with patients and their families to navigate the healthcare system, but they also keep a pulse on the people with whom they work. Andrea Durst says some of her co-workers struggle to stay motivated. What we see and probably what I think of as what we consider burnout in our field looks a lot like um, feeling that you care less, feeling that you're less invested in what's going on, not being able to really connect um, on a human level with the people that you are um, trying to support and help navigate the system and um, not looking forward to the work anymore, but really starting to feel like you want to avoid it. <laughs> mm. There is burnout on the individual level, but what about burnout at the organizational level? We had been actively working on that in our department prior to the pandemic. And so that as a question is is very interesting to me. But also, I think then the, with the addition of the pandemic on everything, the thing that happened the most was that people became increasingly isolated. And I feel like in a lot of ways that allows whatever is happening to just become more intense that when we put isolation on top of everything, you know, and people don't have that sense of community in the same way. A lot of us work from home. And so we weren't in the office together every day, um, or some of us were here and some of us would be out. And so... Um, as a way to kind of keep each other safe and help not bring, you know, more uh, risk into the hospital. We were here intermittently, and definitely there was a lot more space in our lives where there had been relationship. Does Sacred Heart have problems with burnout? I would say that that yes. I, I feel like our health care providers as a group are probably at very high risk after the last two years. How can you measure that? Uh, you know, I think they do uh, an annual survey and I'm sure basically giving it money is to people who are really good at measuring that. And so I think that they are in the process of, you know, trying to ascertain what exactly has happened and you witness burnout from the sidelines as people moving around in their jobs or leaving their jobs, you know, calling in a lot, just not being engaged in the same way, not really sure if they're going to stay in the profession. And so, you know, those kinds of things I think we've all seen ripple out in, in all of the different departments. I think it's an increased stress around things that I think people would normally have more resilience around. I'm sure in every job, but particularly in healthcare, it comes with a significant amount of of stress and difficulty in getting people through those moments. Um, and it looks like having a lot of compassion around that for yourself and for others. And you notice that change in the compassion. You notice that change in the engagement. You notice that change in people being really able to connect with each other. What is Sacred Heart doing in order to sort of alleviate that burnout? Um, So I don't know that I could speak for all of Sacred Heart, but I probably could talk about what's going on in the social work department. And I I think that, you know, um, burnout, like I said, was something that we had taken on 
earlier prior to the pandemic and really focused on creating opportunities, creating community, you know, focusing on um, growth for people and what and an engagement that looked like finding out what was interesting to people and letting them follow that pathway forward and trying to give people the opportunity to solve some of their problems. We actually borrowed an idea from nursing the unit-based councils where people take on the task of, hey, what could we do about the issues that we're facing? What is in my power to change? What is something that, you know, not every idea has to come from leadership and they don't, <laughs> they don't always have, you know, the same perspective. And so allowing people to really work on building a community that they were wanting to be engaged in, I think has been important for us. I was talking with somebody from another uh, healthcare organization a, a few weeks ago, and they talked about trying to bring some fun into the organization to try to create ways that people can be can totally get away from it and get back on a social level with each other. How difficult would that be in such a big organization like Providence and Sacred Heart? It's funny that you say that because we were just talking about that this morning. There used to be kind of regular meetups after work, and that's something that, of course, just like everything else, has gone by the wayside. We share much larger spaces now than we did previously where we kind of were crammed into teeny little offices. So it's interesting to think about how much more we can do when we can connect with each other physically, you know, in, in each other's physical presence. But I, I think that our manager tries at different times to do things that are fun and plan activities, you know, things that are engaging for people. And I, I we all appreciate that. So I was reading something about how, um, Harvard Business Review articles about burnout, and they say it's not where some organizations would say, hey, it's, you know, it's a problem at the individual level, and maybe you just need to get away for a little while, whereas they posit that, you know, it's really an organizational issue. So how do organizations take stock of that and try to figure it out to, to make it better for employees? That's a great question, and I think I would agree with that because, I, you know, as much as we all I'm going to be real social worky right now. Like as much as we all need to probably meditate more and you know do the breathing exercises and go for walks and be out in nature and do all those things to take care of ourselves, as well as set really good boundaries around workloads, which is always an issue with social workers. Realizing that some of that organizational responsibility is a big deal. And I think getting people engaged, creating community and creating growth are really, really important. But I guess I would say that a lot of administrators are just not very good at that. That's not what they learned how to, were trained how to do. Who leads in a case like this, where there's nobody who seems to have a lot of expertise about it? In our department, it that didn't come from administration, didn't come from HR, that came from the people in the department. Mm -hmm. And we sat around and talked about what we wanted to be different based on that annual survey that I had talked about yeah. before. Yeah. Um, there were some clear indicators about things that were problematic from the people who do the statistics and the math pretty well. <laughs> and so we were able to take that information and really, you know, sit around and come up with some ideas about what would make things better and, and work on those particular issues. We really worked on education and professional development ideas because to us that was tied to growth. And, you know, anytime you talk about building resiliency into people, it has a lot to do with building competency and growth. A lot of times when you talk about what makes people want to stay, what makes people want to stay engaged, building a career ladder, having opportunities beyond um, a single level. And so those are the kind of things that we've actually done in, over the last few years. 
As we talk, we are crossing our fingers and hoping that maybe we've been through the worst of the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, are people starting, how are you seeing people changing as we're sort of rounding this curve here? Is it getting better? I think it is because I, I think we were able to see people's families re-engage and be able to be at bedside and be able to walk the path of illness with their family member, which is was not a small thing to not be able to have that. And um, for the families, it was just an extra trauma on top of, you know, diagnoses. And, And I think, you know, being able to watch people's natural support systems lift them up in the way that they're supposed to, I think has been really pivotal. And, you know, the hospital opening up a little bit to family members and that kind of stuff is a really big deal. This is a, a, a couple of days. This is a week out of their life, right? Like this mm-hmm. is a moment of time. And whether or not the rest of it works really has to do with their supports. And as it gets a little easier for them, how does that trickle down to the, the hospital employees who work with them? Does it necessarily sort of get easier for them then too? Um, You know, again, I hesitate to speak for too many people, but I think we could say for us, I think it has gotten a little bit easier. But one thing that I I should note, I think just generally the healthcare community is a little exhausted and the reserves of energy are low. And so as things get easier, I think we're all grateful, but I I still worry that there's not enough of a recovery (laughs) for all of us before we keep plugging away at stuff. So what kind of recovery would it take? Just um, leave, you know, leaving the job, write, extended vacations. Yeah, in a dream world where I get to write policy at the national level, sure, that would be amazing. I think extended vacations for healthcare workers would be just the thing. I think having a, a different idea about our work-life balance, I hope, is going to become a more permanent part of the conversation as we go forward because many of us had to deal with intergenerational needs for our families trying to take care of our parents and our kids and our work through all of this. And I, I hope that that becomes a bigger part of the conversation. Whereas, as I think, you know, as we get more toward normal, that perhaps the administrators will say, okay, it's time to go back to where we were three years ago and not learning from the experience. Do you worry about that? 100%. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I definitely, um, and, and most social workers, I think, are, you know, we're working on an immediate level, but we're always thinking about how policies, you know, from housing to um, child care to the rent prices in Spokane are impacting the people that we work with all the time. Andrea Durst is a medical social worker at Sacred Heart Medical Center in Spokane. We thank her for her perspective. The Interprofessional Opioid Curriculum Team also wishes to thank these people for their contributions. Dr. Barb Richardson, nurse, educator, and interprofessional champion. Cameron Cup, who created the Finding Joy musical score and a current enrollee at the WSU Elson S. Floyd College of Medicine. Washington State University staff from marketing and communications, from financial services, and the collaboration for interprofessional health education research and scholarship. Claire Martin Tellis, the executive producer, and Solon Areff, a student intern who developed the first five episodes of the Finding Joy podcast. This episode was produced by Doug Nadvornik from Spokane Public Radio. 
If you're interested in sharing your perspective about wellness and resiliency as a healthcare professional, or you'd like to reach out, you can contact our team by sending an email to medicine.ipoc at wsu.edu. And we encourage you to visit our website at opioideducation.wsu.edu forward slash about. I'm Doug Nadvornik. Thanks for joining us.